What is up, my gaggly geeks, and welcome to today's episode of Gaggly Geeks, where we're going to be talking about a bevy of things and uh, a, a couple announcements to make. Uh, we've got Comic-Con being canceled officially with San Diego, Ooh, official images from Denis Villeneuve's Dune, as well as just a, a fun little game that we, we have um, about John Wayne, of all people. I'm your host, Patrick, and with me, of course, is ya boy, Chazé. Chaz, how's it going? What's up? It's going. It's going good. Well... You are looking crisp, my man. Am I looking crisp, crisp, crisp? Yep. Let's let's get down to brass tacks, man. How has your week been? What have what has been like your content that you've been binging? Oh well. So this week's been kind of stressful. Yeah. But with the news of Dune, you got me really stoked. So I've actually been watching a lot of Denny Villeneuve's films. Interesting. Now, you you talked to me about this, that we're going to be doing kind of a big preview of all of Denis Villeneuve's films, uh, a full like review that you're working on for the site, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so where are you starting with? What what are some of the movies that you wanted to go with? And why did you decide to do this? Because I love him. <laughs> he's, he's one of my top three filmmakers. And so seeing the, the pictures from Dune, I'm like, this guy... Is going to inspire us this year. Him and Christopher Nolan, dude. Like those are the two films I'm looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. So um, I start. I've just started with his first film. Well, not his first first film. I, I don't know where to find that one, but Polytechnique, which is on Amazon Prime, and then just went down every year that he's released something. Very cool. And so with uh, it's a perfect segue into our first story, where we're going to talk a little bit about Dune. Uh, the first images, exclusive looks at Dune with Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Oscar Isaac. Now, I, I got to be completely honest. I don't. I know next to nothing about Dune. I didn't watch the David Lynch version. I've not read the book. <laughs> so if you have more frame of reference, please, for God's sakes, take the wheel on this one and tell the people more about Dune. If not, I'm just going to stumble through the article and talk about some of the people. Um. So I, I finished reading the book a couple of months ago, audiobook, mm-hmm. uh, and then I watched David Lynch's version, mm-hmm. and that's atrocious. I, I don't know how anybody could be a fan of that film, just in general. Like I don't care if you're a fan of Lynch or not. Like it's an awful movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, it's about this planet. I think it's called Iraqi. No, what was it called? I don't know how he's pronounced it. Arrakis? It's A-R-R-A-K-I-S. The dominant species on that world are sandworms that burrow through the barren drifts like subterranean dragons. So we got some tremors, I guess, kind of. Sort of. And uh, they they go on this planet basically to um, get what they call spice, which is like a valuable thing, kind of like how oil is for us. and it's about these families battling battling it out. Basically, what, what it is, though, is it's it's the foundation of Star Wars and Game of Thrones and like all these major sci-fi fantasy stuff that we're familiar with. Without Dune, there probably would be none of that. Okay. Like it's a huge influence to all that. So that's interesting. With with that being said, Denis Villeneuve was super passionate about taking this on. And his last film, Blade Runner 2049, while beautiful, 
And honestly, it was one of my favorite films of the year. Did not do well box office wise. This one is a two-parter. I think he's already greenlit to do the second or have they shot them both together? Do you know? I had imagined they shot them both together. I would hope so. I would hope that Warner Brothers at least wouldn't be doing like a Hunger Games type or like, no, what was it? The, the Divergent series where they had the first three and they ended up having to put the other as like a show or on HBO on its own. Yeah, because um, I think it's kind of like Avengers, how they filmed those Avengers movies back and back. Mm, gotcha. So I'm, they, I'm, I'm hoping that's the case they're, they're taking. And this isn't something like Divergent where you just have Shanley Woodley and a bunch of no-names. It's actually jam-packed. I want to list off some of these. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. This is, an, this is a picture like with the, the entire family, as they call it, the House of Trades from left to right. Timothy yep. Chalamet, Stephen McKinley, uh, Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, Josh Brolin, Jason Momoa, um, many others that aren't even shown in this. Uh, Zendaya is in this as well. Um, it, it looks jam-packed. It looks like everyone, it looks like the Avengers mashup, but for like artsy-fartsy people, you know? Like if A24 could do an Avengers movie, is that weird? I know it's not even A24, it's, it's, it's Warner Brothers, which is great. Weird for them to be like, let's take a risk on this and be like, but fuck Zack Snyder, we're not doing anything with this Justice League movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and like 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 you said, Blade Runner was a box office flop essentially, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because the first Blade Runner was also a uh, box office flop, and with Denny, it seems like Warner Brothers, even though Blade Runner was a box office flop, they're giving him enough credit to take on Dune, which is probably even bigger than Blade Runner. Yes, well, because it'll be a two-part. Um, and I guess they're kind of banking, like, even if this one doesn't do successful, that they're going to commit to the second one, which, good for a studio to do that. I really, like, that doesn't happen uh, no. a lot, especially when they're in the in the realm of, like, making as, as quick of a buck as possible for remakes and reboots. This one seems to have a way more, like, care and attention to it. Right, and, oh, you know what, though? Oh, hold on. Turns out they don't have as much care and attention to it. Oh, no. Bear with me. So, because Blade Runner's uh, budget was between 150 to $185 million, million. Yes, and this one's supposed to have just about that much, right? Around 200 That's I'm trying to look real quick. I don't know if Wikipedia is going to have it, but we're going to... As you're looking, I'm going to kind of describe the images that are going to be up on the screen. So, like, Josh Brolin's armor. Josh Brolin and Oscar Isaac both have this armor. It looks like Josh Brolin's the leader of it. Uh, it kind of looks very Thanos-y. It, it's going to be it's going to be funny to not want to draw comparisons with Josh Brolin and Thanos for anything he's doing, especially because he's got that goatee that <laughs> looks very Thanos-like. Um, yeah. Oscar Isaac, boy, like, man, I if, if I could be quarantined with a man, <laughs> you know what I mean? It would be it would be him in that suit and and just be staring at me from the corner while I eat filet mignon medallions and flick sweethearts at him, you know. Dude, dude, that him and Josh are definitely like dad vibes. Like dad Oscar Isaac has a very dad vibe. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and like that the the picture that they released, he's like looking over his shoulder and like this cool plate of armor. 
with a nice gnarly beard, dude. I just it looks kind of like a death shot, though. You know, like one of those shots where it's like, "I'll see you next time," or like they're about to go on the mission and they're panning in on the one that is like, "We're yeah. we're making it very sentimental to show the point that we're gonna murder him in front of you pretty soon." Oh my like God. when they showed Black Widow, be like, "See you guys soon." There's also a very Zorro-esque looking shot of Jason Momoa unshaved. Or actually shaved. Shaved, ladies and gentlemen. The man has no beard. And he literally, I would be down for a goddamn Zorro remake if Jason Momoa was Zorro, right? Oh, yeah. I would be, I'd be into that. Did you like the, uh, did you watch the Antonio Banderas Zorro? Not to sidetrack completely. The, I do, the first movie was actually my, one of my favorites when I was a child. Boy, that was kind of a superhero movie, right? A little bit. Oh, Definitely. And Antonio Banderas and uh, Anthony Hopkins. And Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, my God. Catherine, oh, Catherine Zeta-Fucking-Jones. Yeah. That show. That yeah, like, show. That whole shot in the, in the beginning of that movie with the, the flaming Z. I was like, whoo, whoo, whoo. Yeah. Nostalgia. <laughs> uh, the, the only person that's not shown in this is Dave Bautista, who is playing a sinister... Harkonnen Enforcer Glossu Robin. What do you have about that character? What is he? He's like the henchman for the main antagonist. Okay, and so who's the the main antagonist in this? I believe it is Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. Interesting. That would be a that would be a more elegant, older, so like a like a hierarchy of a family, maybe. Like. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. So, hmm. And, uh, oh, I, we didn't talk about the Timothy Chalamet official photo, which set the internet ablaze and set Twitter afire. Every, every single female's Twitter account turned into a water slide. It was crazy. <laughs> First look at Timothy Chalamet in Dune. Um, I, I think it's a great shot. Um, Hell yeah. It looks really different from the other shots, though, like as far as like tone goes. It looks moody. It looks very Chris Nolan. Or like it, or like just across that way um, is like the beginning of Rogue One. <laughs> yes, dude, D- Denis Villeneuve. So he did this for Prisoners, and he did this for Blade Runner, twenty forty nine, and now he's doing it for this. He always places the subject on the right side of the screen, and leaves the whole left side like open, and like it's a full on noir kind of vibe. Yes. Oh, totally has a noir vibe. Well, especially with, did. like, Timothy Chalamet is, like, the most brooding motherfucker <laughs> in his age demographic right now in Hollywood. And to give him, like, a peacoat and let him walk around the beach in stormy clouds, like... Dude, okay, so here's the question. they remade tw- Twilight, we know who would be Edward Cullen. <laughs> here's the question. In this one shot that we have with him, um, with the ships in the background, right? What kind of music do you think is playing in this one shot? Ooh, interesting. Well, let's talk about who's doing the score, because I believe it's Junkie XL, right? Nope. Tom Rothland something? Nope. Hans Zimmer? Yep. Okay, so it, I, I thought Junkie XL had a part of it. No, Hans Zimmer turned down Tenet to work on this film. He turned down Christopher fucking Nolan, dude. I know, but guess who has taken, not to segue to that, get, I figured out who the composer is for Tenet, right? Who? Ludwig Gorhansen, I believe. Black Panther. Yeah. And Mandalorian, baby. He's going to be in that. 
I Ooh. love that composer. I love, and he did Creed. Like the Creed score is, dude, Creed score is my pop-up. Uh, okay, Before gyms weren't terrifying to walk into and not allowed, in fact. It was actually a good, it was a good swimming one. You know what sucks? I realized I can't swim ever again unless like I own a pool. Because of COVID? It's just not going to be a thing for a long time at least. I mean, you if could movie dress theaters like, aren't a thing, a pool is never going to be a thing. You could just dress like Jake Gyllenhaal and Bubble Boy. <laughs> oh god yeah just like kind of a rat in a tube <laughs> spinning around okay <laughs> that is our our quick but long thoughts of dune leave a comment down below tell me what you think uh any any final thoughts about this i know you're looking forward to it tell people what the first Denisville new thing is to check out when they can expect it on the site uh the first one will probably be his first film i i watched which is Polytechnique. And that awesome. is streaming on Amazon Prime. It's a Canadian. The thing with Denis is that he's a French Canadian. So there are some of his movies that have subtitles. So if you don't like subtitles, I'm going to try to convince you to watch it because it's great. Very nice. And when can people expect that? Uh, probably within the next week for that one. Sick. All right. Well, moving on to the next thing. This is their main story of the day uh, San Diego Comic Con is unfortunately canceled it's it's gone there's just yeah what else what other ones can i do let's go it's just i think we should have realized for a while now that this was going to be canceled if anybody's just super shocked about it but we've got the uh, article from the hollywood reporter uh, this is the first time in its 50 years that it's been canceled due, of course, years. to coronavirus. 50 years. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, this was going to be the – would this be its 50th anniversary then that it was canceled? I have no idea. I've never and been to Comic-Con. If that's a sign. <laughs> uh, let me go ahead and read some of the quotes. Uh, extraordinary times require extraordinary extraordinary measures. While we're saddened to take the action, we know it's the right decision. Of course, as that Comic-Con spokesperson, David Glanzer, uh, we look forward to the time we can all meet again. It looked like there are some deals where some people that had passes automatically get a pass for next year. They've already planned out dates for it. But um, with that being said, this is going to be something that we're going to have to unfortunately be looking at when it comes to a lot of festivals. Uh, for instance, in Utah, we've got the FanX Festival, which... Uh, we've petitioned, we were actually submitted to have a Gaggle of Geeks panel at this uh, live full panel. I actually have not talked to you about this yet, Chaz. I just realized that. Yeah, this is news. So I guess, what's your, what's your reaction <laughs> to that? We might be at FanX if they do it. And then also, um, my main question, what are your thoughts on if it's going to last to that point? Like, what is, what's going on now? So to answer your question, your first one. It's exciting news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, the second question: uh, If it gets to the level of, like Comic Con being canceled, I wonder if FanX can learn anything from that and offer like online panels. Interesting. So you would maybe have it be a way that the vendors can still like, I basically take up the entire space because we already know based on, and this is kind of going to be just for Utah people or anybody that's gone to FanX, the Salt Palace is very cramped. 
It's very huge though. <laughs> but it's very huge. And a lot of that crampedness is, is due in fact to having A, tons of people in that designated, those designated spots and B, yeah. all of the panels and stuff going on. So if I'm not mistaken, Chaz, your idea would be we do these panels separately, maybe make it so that all of the vendors can be spread out more around the entire palace. Mm, I don't know about that. I'm I'm talking more like they set themselves up and it's like an online thing where people could tune in from like mm. quarantine, quarantine style, basically from like their own mm. living rooms or whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's something to think about though. I, I definitely am curious as, as to what they're planning with this. Cause I know right now they're expecting everything is going to be fine by that point or yeah. that we can at least see a lot of improvement, which it's not till September. It's very possible. Like yeah. that's not outside of the realm of possibility. If it were in July, I would be doubtful, but maybe we're not super doomed yet. I don't know. Do you think that's enough time? Uh, well, we'll see how things play out in the real world without bringing politics in, but... If oh, people, it's not politics if it's science and a pandemic. I'm tired of if, it. If people can actually stay inside and not listen to misinformation, then, you know, these exciting things can happen later this year. We don't have to wait till next year. Yeah, I agree. But sadly, what we've seen this week is that we can't really stop stupid. We can only just keep ourselves from being stupid. It's been weird. Somebody posted something very interesting, and maybe this will help other people. Chaz, you know I am crazy when it comes to doing the uh, shit posting oh, about yeah. about some of the stuff, and it's fun, and it totally helps with my anxiety, totally. But somebody put up a good meme where it was kind of had like a little graph of the barriers, um, and like little stages of what you go through during like this pandemic, right? Right, and. I gotta be honest, most of the phase one reactions that are like only for fear, I like hit every bullet point. If you're acting out and commenting on stuff and rage posting, I was like, shit, okay, that's me. And from that point on, we just, I, I saw the other things where it was talking, the other bubbles, and the next phase was kind of talking about like, just maybe not like keep yourself informed and everything. And I still think, it's not shit posting if you're giving updates, you know? If yeah. you're putting up a post that's talking about like public service announcements and Facebook is full of misinformation, I think those things are important. It's how you do it that I'm learning needs to be adjusted a little bit. Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe going into more of a place of accepting that these crazy people are going to be running around doing everything and we can't really stop that. But things like Comic Cons or Fan X's finding ways to prevent not just like the people that want to protest and maybe attend or whatever, take away their religious freedom or whatever the crap that they're complaining about. We all know it's very political. And most yeah. of the people that are Republicans are still staying home and are being fine. But there can be a way to do it virtually. I agree. I, I hope there's a way. Where there is a way, there is a will. Is that the saying? <laughs> yep. <laughs> And, and uh, shit, if we're able to do this, I'm sure that people can figure it out. You know what I've noticed? We've got a better setup than a lot of late night hosts do. I've been watching the late night stuff. Like they, they've started to pick up on it, but Conan, he's just on a flip phone pretty much. Um, Colbert's got a nice setup. 
but I think we're beating some of them for sure. I, who do you think has the nicest of them all? Like, who do you think has Ellen, a studio? For sure. Ellen looks the- like she's in a goddamn villain's mansion. Like, it's crazy if you watch anywhere she's living. So, okay, so I don't have TV. Like, I don't have... Um, oh, just on the internet, man. I, I just have them on the internet on YouTube. Oh, but I, I, did, I thought they were post- postponing their shows until this whole thing blew over. No, they've been posting all on, on their YouTube channels. So, like, all the late night shows are still going. Like, if you, if you like Seth Meyers, um, he does the Closer Look segments. He's still doing those. He just had John Mulaney on. Um, yeah, they're still going. But those setups, like like round and back, I they're not as as good in some cases. Maybe I'll be biting my, my words later, but I don't know. What else do we have for this? Moving away from San Diego. It, well, actually, was there anything else you want to talk about with this? Nah. Well, I, mean, I feel it's like big... it's just a quick update. Like, it's not something that's like, I, I want to explore why. Well, I wonder if with this being canceled, because they used to release like a lot of secret trailers or previews at Comic Con to like, add to the hype. I wonder if they're going to just if they're going to be willing to release it on YouTube since everybody's stuck at home and still get all the hype. That is a good question. I, I wonder. I, a part of me has to kind of question what they even have at this point, you know, because maybe it, I worry that, like, say for Marvel, right? If they had a panel of announcements, all of their dates have shifted yeah do you think because i don't want to have like the batman v superman effect where there was like four or five trailers because it took so long to release that you basically got everything i'm worried we're going to get that with black widow sadly that we might get just a lot given to us because we're waiting yeah Um, but wonder woman 84 could have had a lot of stuff and wonder woman 84 has a lot of secrets still that could be good Okay, but do you think her suit should have been best kept secret? The the angel one? You know, I yeah. kind of wish the archangel thing was kept a secret, but I mean, I don't know. Well, as far as marketing goes, I've now come to the belief that if you're watching a trailer, you're kind of already taking that risk. Like, no marketing team is telling you that we're not going to spoil something when they give you a trailer. So that that's yeah. that's your choice. Yeah, and I've also learned that a lot of the trailers are out of the director's hands. Exactly. It's the marketing team more than anything. That's why Suicide Squad yeah. was so good in the mus- in the trailer. <laughs> Only in the trailer. I'm glad you clarified. Which funny enough, the movie ended up being edited by the people doing the trailer. So it can't really transfer very well. Yeah, stick to trailers. <laughs> In a bit of holy shit, that's weird news. Uh, we got we always have to round back to my boy Batman and talk about Batman news. And this is a fun blast from the past news that I saw. This is an article that came from Empire about if you've heard of the rumblings of many, many projects that Batman had that have gone, um, let's say, under the radar. So that, like, for instance, the gap between Batman and Robin and Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins had a lot of projects that did not go through. Have you, do you know much, much about these? I, I, I glanced at one article today. I wonder if that's going to be the same thing you're going to I hope about. it is. It, that would be good. Because uh, let me, I'll, I'll preface um, a couple of them before I get to the main thing. But for instance, there was going to be a Batman Beyond or an attempt at trying a Batman Beyond film. Uh, there was Tim Burton. Uh, no, there was Joel Schumacher actually continuing 
and making another film after Batman and Robin called Batman Triumphant that would feature Scarecrow and Harley Quinn and would actually pull back to Jack Nicholson's Joker and bring her in that world like she was a part of that. But there was one that was going to be very similar in tone, in, in a sense, to Christopher Nolan's. It was going to be a reboot of the character. And it was going to be based on a comic book, Batman Year One. I'm talking about Darren Aronofsky's Batman. Yep. So Batman, uh, this was a film that actually went pretty far in as far as production goes. There was, there was costume designs. There was, there was a set, set, there was like set designs, like sketches of certain things. If you look online, you can see the cowl, you can see kind of the, the costumes that they were going for. And they were going for a traditional year one look. Now, Darren Aronofsky was able to, well, I guess, I don't know if they talked to him or, yeah, he they talked to him about kind of what went wrong with it, why they ended up going with uh, the other one. And um, I'll just go ahead and read it. The studio wanted Freddie Prince Jr. and I wanted can you, yeah, I'll let you say it, Jazz. I, I, I don't know. What? Okay. <laughs> um, shit. Well, that was a horrible... <laughs> come back from this. Come it. back from this. <laughs> Did it. Walking <laughs> Phoenix, people. Walking Phoenix oh. was going to possibly be Batman. I don't know how to feel about that. It's very interesting. It's so funny in, in a lot of ways. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, about what he says. So the studio wanted Freddie Prince Jr. And I wanted Walking Phoenix. I remember thinking, uh-oh, we're making two different films here. That's a true story. It was a different time. The Batman I wrote was definitely a way different type of take than they ended up making. So he's saying that this is actually very different from Christopher Nolan's and that it seemed that they were going to go for a more traditional, like popular pick which freddie prince jr that that does sound like a traditional like let's go for what bruce wayne would look like what are your thoughts first about freddie prince jr and now uh walking phoenix see i'm trying to think because around this time we got scooby-doo <laughs> did that's we really the, oh shit 2002 yeah okay <laughs> and that's the freddie prince jr that i'm most familiar with <laughs> yeah um Walking Phoenix, however, that was written by James Gunn, by the way. Scooby it was, and it was actually more adult themed. And I think, don't quote me on this, but I think he said it was more R-rated, and there was like a lot of pot references. And they actually shot it with Velma's blouse being more revealing, with her That's... cleavage, and they had a CGI. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. He's on a podcast with the uh, with Movie Crypt. So I would definitely recommend people check that out. They want to hear more stuff on that. But so that's the Freddie Fritz Jr. that I'm more most familiar with. Walking Phoenix around this time appeared in Gladiator as the main villain, which is a darker film. And if that's what the tone they're going for, I could see Joaquin more than Freddie. So you just painted a great picture. Let's all take a time machine and travel back to this year. What, what is the year again? Like 2000, 2002, somewhere All right, so there. we're around 2000, 2002, ladies and gentlemen. Batman and Robin came out, scared the shit out of every Batman fan. And they have bat the nipples. And the studio has zero faith, right? They've just got rid of Joel Schumacher, and they're looking for more options. And Gladiator has come out with Walking Phoenix, which everybody was praising his performance, saying that it was fantastic. And Scooby-Doo came out with Freddie Prince Jr., which he was still kind of writing that that 90s coattail 
of being like the heartthrob in like yeah. the teenage movies, right? So in, in every sense of the word, this is kind of like saying we're making Zac Efron, you know, Batman. But they kind of did that with Robert Pattinson this year. It's like if they picked Zac Efron over Timothy Chalamet. Is that a weird? They're around that age. Uh, sort. No. No, I think Zac Efron. I, I think as far as acting style, like two very different takes on Batman, like what he was saying. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Who would you go for in that case? Uh, well, I think they made the right decision to say no for Walking Phoenix at this point, mainly because I think the audience might not have like gone with it. I don't think. And if we didn't get that, we wouldn't have Joker. And funny enough, that was kind of a little bit more in this. Uh, the studio fought a lot to not have Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker either. So they, they've not wanted him in their movies for a while, but somehow he got in with this. And they said that they were looking for a Leonardo DiCaprio for this Joker film, which I found interesting. <clears throat> the most recent one? Yeah, the most recent one. That's right, because Martin Scorsese was an executive producer yep. on it. Yeah. Uh, one last bit of it. The Batman was out before... Uh, the Batman that was out before me was Batman and Robin, the famous one with the nipples on the bat suit. So I was really trying to undermine that and reinvent it. That's where my head was at. He even had Frank Miller working with him on the script. Delvin Dark. Yeah, it was an amazing thing because I was a big fan of his graphic novel work. So just getting to meet him was exciting back then. So that this could this have been the most truest uh, character, Batman, if it was Frank Miller doing it? I think so. I think we could have had that. I'm split on that. Because here, here's the thing, though. Aronofsky's very artsy-fartsy. <laughs> he could go oh, dark. and pretentious to that as well. Yes, he's, he's very artsy-fartsy, and he could go dark in very creative ways. I just don't know if Batman would fit that style. Now, it's kind of... We didn't really look back at what Aronofsky was doing during that time. What, what movie would have come out around that time? Pie. Oh, okay. Hmm. Which is a very visceral f experimental film. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they had a lot to uh, to think over when it came to, to creative control given to him. But I don't know. Warner Brothers has been timid about that. But every time, and I'll be honest, it's it's their it's their executives. They they make great decisions and they make terrible decisions. They both I agree. give all the trust in the world and then yank all of the control out like for instance with the first tim burton batman right they they gave him a, a platform and he did it batman returns he had more creative control arguably a better film but they don't they they don't invite him back um or uh yeah even in the case with christopher nolan it it was yeah it was fighting there's a lot of differences so I, I don't know. They're, they're their own worst enemy. But what do you guys think about this? Would you have wanted to see a uh, Darren Aronofsky version in that time? Are you glad that you got the Christopher Nolans? Leave a comment down below. And let's get to uh, a quick thing. I found a website called freemovies.ltd that is essentially, like someone on Reddit figured out a way to pull all of the uh, movies that are free on YouTube and show where you can find them and what the IMDb rating is 
and and just information like that. I'll have a link down below for it. Go ahead and check that out because I honestly just thought it was cool. It's free. It's not any spam thing because it's just directing you over to YouTube. And uh, yeah, and uh, one more thing, I guess. Let's do awkward business. Uh, we have merchandise now. If you can check out our merchandise store at tpublic.com. Uh, we've got new designs up. I just put up a really stupid one of me as the bat symbol. And well, we've got the logos. We got Gaggle Geeks. We're going to have something out for Chaz soon. I mean, we'll, we'll be working on all kinds of weird designs. Go ahead and check them out. Uh, they're, they're discounted now and all of that shit. Moving on to the final thing. Chaz, do you know John Wayne? Yes, I do. <laughs> what are your thoughts on John Wayne? Classical actor. Probably a real asshole of a human. <laughs> I don't know how this, this one's going to go, <laughs> but I just wanted to do it. So John Wayne, um, he's, he's like the most famous actor if, of the Western genre, you know, next to Clint Eastwood. He is the most famous. Um, I've been going back and looking at AFI's top 100 films and, and, watching watching different films and going down the list and today i happen to be coming across one of his films the searchers excellent film if you haven't seen here's what i've realized about westerns they're fantastic like they're actually really good and the backgrounds the set design using like natural landscapes are it's really you don't see it anymore yeah you also don't see a lot of terrifying stuff with it too like uh, when you see a horse trudging through mud and fall down, you know that PETA didn't exist back then. That horse probably got hurt. There's probably an issue with it. What do you, what do you think about Westerns? I love Westerns. What's I love your favorite? Their, uh, my absolute favorite is probably 310 to Yuma. Ooh, James Mangold. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorites I can revisit quite often. Uh, of the older ones, probably A Fistful of Million Dollars. With Clint Eastwood? I haven't seen that one. What's that about? And if you uh, say a fistful of million dollars. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of the spaghetti westerns. Like, I'm just, just check it out. It's, it's classic. Um, so I like them. And I like how they're making a comeback. Especially with like the neo-westerns. Like uh, Hell, Hell or High Water. Yeah. Like, those, those are fun. I'm excited for westerns. But Steven Spielberg, yeah. That's a tangent, but yeah. Well, here's what we're going to do for this. Um, first, I want to give, I, I'm giving Chaz uh, a link to an article that came out in 1971 on Playboy. Uh, this was a Playboy article with John Wayne, and this made the rounds on, on Twitter back in 2019. Unfortunately, I wasn't on Twitter back then, so I had to hear about it reading later on. And um, I just, after seeing this, this um, movie, because the movie... It's, it's very good, but at the same time, John Wayne's character specifically has, has very much a prejudice against Indians. Uh, he's, a, he's a Confederate soldier that refuses to give up his army stuff. He's, he's America's superhero before America got woke and realized that that was a very bad idea to be like, let's actually hate Indians and, and Native Americans and you know, just be horrible. Like they, there's a lot of that in it, along with heroic stuff, uh, even superhero stuff. Like I noticed there's a lot of parallels between that. And what we have here in this article, I'm gonna, we're gonna scroll through a lot of it. I, I, I guess I will play John Wayne in some of these, 
But before you look through most of it, I'm going to, uh, you know what, fuck it. We're just going to do it like this. Hold on. Hey, I like your cup. I do too. I spit in it from time to time. <laughs> and then I drink it. And I drink the spit bag. I'm going to spit it back up. Okay. So uh, after, after looking through this, I realized <laughs> that, let's just get to the point. John Wayne is a piece of shit. Like, John Wayne is a fucking piece of shit. You motherfucking accuser! Like, he's just... Accuser of the fucking brethren, you motherfucker! He's crazy. He's just crazy. Crazy white supremacist when it comes to this. I wanted to do a quick back and forth. and, And I guess maybe I can find... No, there's nothing that I can really find that's... Let's see. Uh, who said this? Was it John Wayne or David Duke? Jazz. Let's let's go with that, right? So let's see. Maybe there'll be. Let's see. All right. So this would be the game of who said it, David Duke or John Wayne. Uh, I don't consider myself a racist. I don't hate other people's, but I certainly want to preserve my own. And I think that's true of all people. Uh, John Wayne? Nope, David Duke. All right. Let's see. Um, I'm... Oh my god. I'm gonna say so many things it's gonna get us demonetized on this. <laughs> uh let's see. I don't wanna see this country resemble or look like or become like Mexico. Mexico is great to visit. I've been there a few times. I respect all peoples of the world. That's John Wayne. That's David Duke again. <laughs> okay. Now let's now let's see. Uh oh. <laughs> all right, let's see. Um with a lot of this is so bad i don't know how to say this i'm so sorry to everybody this isn't me this is john wayne i'm already telling it okay uh let's see with a lot of blacks there's quite a bit of resentment along with their descent and possibly rightfully so but we can't all of a sudden get down on our knees and turn everything over to the leadership of the blacks Uh. if you could have guessed who that was I think people would have gone David Duke. Yeah. But now let's go. Wayne. David Duke sounds more PC than this guy. Let's keep going through this. In fact, let's see where, where, so this article, it starts out pretty seemingly like harmless. They're talking about like his films, uh, The Searchers. He had just won an Oscar for True Grit, talking about if he liked working on set, all that stuff. And then at one point, I'm going to have you go to, I can't tell what page. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Page seven, where it, where it starts with Wayne saying just this. Do you have that? Um, six, seven. There, this is of a 23-page interview, people. I'm sorry for the downtime. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you going to do in quarantine? I know, right? Okay. Just read it. a ton of old racist bullshit from a horrible dude. Let's see. Okay. Um, 
So basically, he's blaming the the new film uh, on what their version of millennials are, essentially, saying that they're all communists, because back in the day, communism was socialism and all that stuff. Uh, he hated Midnight Cowboy. I didn't know this. He absolutely hated that movie because of the gay sex. And, and straight up just said the F word on this. I won't say the F word on this, but just throws that out. He's like, a bunch of Fs and blah, blah, blah. And then at this point, uh, the Playboy article is like taking its turn. You could tell the reporter's like, oh shit, I gotta talk about this now. And she's saying like, you blame all this on the liberals. And uh, he basically says they're too progressive. The commies are, are here. Um, they're, they're basing stuff off uh, communism philosophy. And then talks about someone named Angela Davis. Now, I had to look up who Angela Davis was because that is important to at least this context. She's oh one of the- Oh my God. Yeah. She, she's an American political activist. I mean, she's incredibly, she's, she's one of the heroes, you know, of the civil rights movement and of, and of like just, you know, black progressivism, you know? And it, I guess we'll go here. It, Cause this is where I was like, this, is, this guy is crazy. Some of the stuff he says, with a lot of blacks, there's quite a bit of resentment with dissent, uh, leadership of the blacks, let's see. It's not my judgment that academic community has developed certain tests that determine whether the blacks are sufficiently equipped scholastically. Basically saying that he doesn't think black people could be in college. It, I mean, and like this, this is a guy that was born in like 1902. So it's tough to like be like, you need to be super liberal because he was born during like Civil War veterans were still there. But this article came out in 1971. 71. I need to find the worst thing he says because he says something where I was like, I, holy shit. Okay, here it is. So talking about again, the education, what good would it do to register anybody in a class of higher algebra or calculus if they haven't learned to count? Dude, this guy's a fucking asshole. I never wanted to kick someone in the, in the dick like harder. That's dead. So let's see. There has to be a standard. I don't feel guilty about the fact that five or 10 generations ago, these people were slaves. Now I'm not condoning slavery. It's just a fact of life. Like the kid who gets infantile paralysis and has to wear braces so he can't play football with the rest of us. What the fuck? Fuck, fuck this shit. He goes on to say so many other things, but I wanted to bring this to the attention of people that, like, if you hear somebody say they love John Wayne, and they're not just talking about him as the actor, I got to think about this a little bit. Yeah, I'm it's, still scrolling. I'm still, I'm still scrolling through this. I'm there's so much to look through. I know. I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have even brought in like 23 pages worth. But I'm gonna link this down below also for you guys to check out. But this guy's a piece of shit. John Wayne's cr like. I knew that back in the day he was very Republican, that he was right-wing. I had no idea that he was spouting off shit like this. Like, it's, yeah. So in this, in this uh, segment, I guess we call, let's make sure that old people get their, up. I don't know what this it, is, but. This whole, this whole thing was about his films and getting nominated for True Grit. And he turned it into something and so And it's this, like, liberal bashing racist tirade. And the Playboy interviewer is definitely, like, 
wait, what are you even talking about? Where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. And he goes on these long tangents. Dude, what the fuck? Right? It's insane. Like, like the Alamo was another of your patriotic films. What statement did this picture make? And Wayne says, I thought it would be a tremendous epic picture that would say, America. Oh, we haven't even done the accent yet. Why haven't I done that yet? Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. Um, do you think Indians encamped on Alcatraz have a right to that land? Well, I don't know if anyone else wants it. The fellas who were taken off it sure don't want to go back there, including the guards. So as far as I'm concerned, I think we ought to make a deal with the engines. Because that's how he says Native Americans, engines, like engines. It's crazy. I feel like if you have to say it like that, you're being really racist. Oh, yeah. Like, you can enunciate a little bit. (laughs) Playboy, is that an unfamiliar experience? Wayne, getting on a horse? Playboy, looking like an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. That's what this needed. It really does seem like the, like, this, it, it's very much, they, maybe they went to him when he was just too old. Like, too old and just wanted to say everything at this point. Racist caviar for everybody in his home. And here's the irony. Ready for this? Playboy, what legacy do you hope to leave behind? Wayne, well, you're going to think I'm being corny, but this is how I really feel. I hope my family and my friends will be able to say that I was an honest, kind, and fairly decent man. It it seems like maybe they just he they went in for a one minute interview and he locked the door on him. <laughs> like, doesn't this seem like a crazy rambling of an ir- incoherent racist? I'm just this guy would have loved Trump. Many pessimists insist our nation has lost its dignity and is headed towards self destruction. Relatable. Some, in fact, compare the condition of our society to the decline and fall of the Roman Empire in the last days of. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a, here's a good one that I found funny. Many people would argue that alcohol may be more dangerous of a health hazard than marijuana. Would you agree? Where the fuck is this interview going? Like they they have gone from how was true grit? Well, Pilgrim, to the blacks shouldn't have any education, to Indians shouldn't have Alcatraz, and now to. There's been no top authority saying what marijuana does to you. I really don't know that much about it. I tried it once, but it didn't do anything to me. The kids say it makes them think they're going 30 miles an hour when they're going 80. If that's true, marijuana should definitely be stopped. Fuck, dude. What makes you, at the age of 63, feel qualified to comment on the fears and motivations of the younger generation? I've experienced a lot of the same things that kids are going through, and I think many of them admire me because I haven't been afraid to say that I drink a little whiskey. What? I don't claim to have the answers, but I felt compelled to bring up the fact that under the guise of doing good, these kids are causing a hell of a lot of irreparable damage. That's not even answering the whole question. (laughs) it's really funny to just go through and read a random ass sentence so like i just swiped down to page 22 reading one random thing 
So I sat her down and went over and explained very gently to him that if he would step outside, I'd kick his fucking teeth down his throat. Like, I, <laughs> what is this interview? If you guys want to read, check this out. It is fascinating. First of all, to see Hollywood, for all of its glitz and glory and its liberalism, was not that way at all. And they glorified people that had this. He talked about black people being in Hollywood, saying that there's no, he basically was saying that like, it's, the, it's equal for him and them. It's not equal, it's ridiculous. This guy's a piece of shit. And even though you shouldn't, you shouldn't say shit about the dead, I, it's, I'm accusing, I'm being an accuser. You motherfucking accuser! I don't know what else to say though. Dude, that's, that's a nice segue. <laughs> I think uh, I think that about does it for this episode, though. I had a blast with this one. What did? How do you feel, Jazz? Was this? Did we talk a lot? We talked a lot. Talked this a is lot. a good one. This one felt good. I hope so. Uh, tune in next week where we are going to have another new sketch sketch coming out. Don't know if it's going to be the blockbuster fella wanting to have a, a talk with everybody or a new character. Either way, make sure to tune in next week. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, uh, follow on Patrick uh, Beatty Reviews. Chaz, tell them where people can follow you. Your boy Chaz A on Instagram and Twitter. All right. Hey, thank you again, as always, for watching, and we will see you at the next review.